You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's After Show. Hey there, Yo. almost human fans, you know what time it is. Uh, welcome. Welcome to the Almost Human Podcast here on AfterBuzz TV. I'm Matt Lieberman. Joining me on the panel this week, we got the return of Mr. Zach Wilson. Hello. Hey, Matt. I'm back, and I am glad to report my parents are not synthetics. Fantastic. Woo. Mr. Ryan Hooks. Yo, Ryan Hooks here, dodging a bullet on synthetic parents. Yes. Let's rock and roll. Big old future bullet. Uh, Megan Salinas, unfortunately, cannot join us tonight. She will be back in two weeks when uh, we move up our time slot. Just a little scheduling snafu but this is episode 104 the bends uh another great episode another great outing uh we got to see a lot of rudy this week we yeah. got a benito martinez guest star and i love benito <laughs> martinez ever since the shield um a lot of fun we got to see another side of future crime and more wise cracking from our two favorite detectives just so oh, much wow. wise cracking from everybody on the show right there were jokes it was packed with jokes it was it was non-stop yeah um, which like I'm wondering if that was like if that was always the intention or if that was a note from the network like this seems too dour more jokes <laughs> it's Fox we need to make it funny yeah you know and we can pair it with New Girl that's not what they did <laughs> but um, thank God we're gonna we're gonna Crossover get more special yeah oh I would watch that <laughs> they they either they jump through a portal or or Jess and Nick from New Girl jump through it's a the portal future Nick we meet future I've actually Nick. always that's thought true. that Zoe Deschanel was a robot anyway so. I what feel like what fueled that that fire? Because she always talks like this, and her body movement is always like this, and she's always like this. That's neither of those are true. <laughs> we discussed the skins episode two weeks ago. We're not going to get Sorry. into yeah, that. Yeah, we're not going to get into that. Uh, we will get into this sort of discussion a little bit later on in the show. I want to <laughs> talk. My official title for this episode is Rudy's Day Out. Um, <laughs> we've we've unleashed Perfect. Rudy on the world just like Baby's Day Out, and he's just toddling along. <laughs> Being silly and trying not to get killed. Uh, so we open on him getting shot in this moment of panic. 24 hours earlier, we uh, show up on this cop who used to be, is a friend or used to be a friend. Now that he's dead. Hasn't seen him in a few years. Probably five before years. his accident. Yeah. like he's, It was like five years or seven years, something years. like that. Five years. And um, he is trying to make an undercover bust, make a connection to the bishop, who's this big... Uh, drug uh, distributor, and this new drug has hit the streets. It's called the Benz, and apparently it's the bomb. What? Yes. They, they never really go into what the Benz does to you. Yeah, they just say it's highly addictive. It's highly addictive, and it kills you pretty fast, I guess because nobody knows how much is an overdose. That's true, because it's new, and I'm wondering, I wonder what it was like when certain drugs like came into being, <laughs> how did people find out how much was too much? And I imagine there was just a rash of deaths until people were like, "Hey, man, only a gram is is a gram is too much." That's good. Call it right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. All right, bring it back. Come on, you can you can have fun here. 
Uh, so, but no more than a gram of fun. No more than a gram of fun. We don't want to overdose on fun, especially got, only three minutes forty nine seconds. To the you got to work your way up, slowly pace yourself up to have more grams. of Exactly. Fun. You can have more fun, but only after you've built up a tolerance to fun, <laughs> um, which honestly is like is a parable for life. We build up a tolerance for fun, and it requires larger bursts of fun. We've gotten really deep here. I know, and we could fall down this fun hole all day long. <laughs> Instead, uh, we're going to go back and talk about uh, this. Rudy's Day Out. Yes, Rudy's Day Out, the bends made from algae, and uh, this guy brings a, a cook, and the cook gets shot, and they pull his subcutaneous wire out of his stomach, straight out of the Matrix, um, except, you know, instead it was a wire. I mean, it was like a creature thing, but it was a wire from the machines, essentially. Well, I don't, Billy. I don't think it was alive. It was just like a thing. It was inside of him. Well, in, in this show, under the skin. in this show, but like it looked like a like a squiddy thing in in the Matrix. So but this drop is, it in your belly button. Yeah, you drop it in your belly button and it squirms inside. You I'll, know, I'll give you that subcutaneous wire. That's what happens. Um, so they need someone who's skilled enough with chemistry to make it look like they know how to produce the bends from this algae. And uh, Kenix immediately gets a, the bright idea. Brilliant. Let's include Rudy. Who's like, he's got this like deer in headlights thing of like, he's excited and it's almost too good to be true. He's not, he's not ready to like get <laughs> too excited until he realizes this is really happening. And then he just go gets right into it, right into the thick of it. He's like, yes, I will do it. Well, you, you and I want to wear a disguise. I want to wear a disguise. Something European. Yeah, he's been thinking about this for a while. Oh yeah. He's so They had excited. that little image where he's looking at himself and like his and outfit changes. He's in he's, like a James, James Bond, Bond tux yep. and he's like so pumped and he's like, this is a dream come true. And I'm sure this is what got him into working with the police department in the first place. It's like someday, someday. I'm going to go undercover. I'm going to go undercover. I'm going to be a hero. And I'm going, I, like, he probably looks up to Kenick so much and has, you know, since long before the accident of like, someday I'm going to save people and shoot weapons and be great. Oh, absolutely. But yes. here's the thing. I still don't know what Rudy does. Yeah. Like, what is his department, his position? Where is that little, like, yeah. dirt hole office? He's funded on the back end, I think. I thought I thought that we were going to get those little gems uh, uncovered this week, but apparently that's not the case. Uh, he is, he's bot maintenance guy. He handles yeah. all the Android stuff for the department and all of their tech and chemistry stuff. And Jack he, of all he, trades. Right. But I don't think he is formally, He I don't think he's formally part of the department, but at the same time, could they get him to go undercover if he wasn't part of the department? They, I mean, they could, but yeah. I assume if they just instantly are like, we're going to put him in the field and throw this wiry guy who has no field experience out there, he is a member of the police He's department. like the IT guy. You know? Yeah, if he just doesn't, there's just no room for him at the police station offices because they're cramped. They've got too He's much. He's got to have space to work to build the robots. Right. Like he needs things, he tools. needs darkness to concentrate. You know, dankness. He needs puddles to clean up yeah. on breaks. Makes and everyone like that. feel a little weird. So oh, Rudy, totally. there's your yeah. Here's there. your little office, Rudy. And he was probably like a kid in a candy store. And that's the thing. He has a very dirty, dank office with stunningly clean Erlenmeyer flasks. Apparently, he's he has a big problem with the cleanliness of the drug lord <laughs> the lab. Drug lord. Yeah, he's gonna make some changes. Yeah, he's gonna make some changes when and he gets hired. Well, if Breaking uh, Bad taught me anything, it's that you have to have perfectly clean and sanitized lab equipment if you're going to make drugs. It's true. 
And uh, there were a lot of references to, like, other things. And I know, like, you can have an episode about drugs and not have it. It's not referencing Breaking Bad. But you get into, like, a, a almost a cooking montage. And I can't, you can't help but think and, about it. And the percentage it. of how right they are. And right. And about yeah. how pure The her, purity. Lydia, is it? Yeah, Lydia. Yeah. Yeah, Lydia. No, uh, Rudy got it 95% pure. Not quite Heisenberg levels, but still very respectable. On his second try. On his second try and the, ever. And the fedora as well, I mean. <sighs> yes, the fedora instead of the, the Heisenberg pork pie hat. Um, agreed. There was a lot, yeah. Zach ha- brought his hat with him today. Uh, in homage to Rudy's hat. I was going to leave it at home, but then they kept making all these hat puns and jokes, and it was too much fun for me. I know. Oh, too much fun. You you OD'd on fun. Bad. <laughs> Bad Wilson. Bring it back. Bringing it back. So uh, they, they're they about to throw him into the field. Detective Paul, who we've known previously as a douchebag comic guy. Douchebag comic detective. look at my notes are here, put Detective D-Bag Paul. Great. That's good. It's, you're rubbing off on me. Yes, as 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 I should be. I'm I'm a very big personality. But Detective D Bag <laughs> is actually like he's kind of a good guy for a little bit in this one. Yeah. Well, I mean, he can have an attitude problem and still be on the side of right. You know, he can. St- he's still a cop. He's not necessarily yes. dirty. He's just a D bag. You know, like <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people consider Kennex to be a D bag. He's gruff. He does whatever he wants uh. without thinking about other people. Uh, he cracks jokes at people's expense and, you know, he kind of let Rudy loose on this mission and then didn't want to hang out with him at McQuaid's later. He's not very considerate. Take well, he, celebratory beer. They, we took out his, our anger on D-Bag Cop on his MX. That's true. And he just got a Which right was through the eye. awesome, right through the eye, and yet it was still apparently fully functional. This, uh, the androids do not have their power source or anything that it takes for them to function in their head, apparently. Well, but last, this is yeah. just like a, a continuity thing. Cause last like, week, Dorian was gonna die if he got shot in the head. I, I'm trying to figure out how you can kill. Well, that was an MX versus a DRN. Completely different All designs, right. Zach. Okay. Yeah. Fair Come enough. on, Zach. Fair They're enough. completely different. I would <laughs> like to see very soon um, with the DRN where they talked about the unpredictable emotions, and yes. that's why they were taken off the market. I'm waiting I'm waiting for some unpredictable emotions to go down. Well, we met our first other DRN. To, like, he uh, wasn't a DRN. He was a, no? he was a VX. Not uh, an MX. I missed it. He was a VX, and... Uh, the V the VX Dorian fight I thought was pretty great because it was the first time we ever saw two androids throw down and the VX was kind of a beast right like he was like super strong and punching through stuff and he like uh, he grabbed a pipe and he's swinging it and it was it was rad I loved seeing two androids scrap for a solid two minutes to the death I yeah. am wondering what it really takes to kill one of these though like to, you have actually- to rip its head off apparently. I, yeah, yeah, I guess. Hooked but, up some chains. But why put all in the head? That seems too obvious. Like, but you but, don't put all in the head because the MX was perfectly working even though you knocked <laughs> out its eye. So I don't know. I think, I mean, you saw like the long wires and cables coming out of the head when the body fell off. Spines hanging down. Yeah, so I'm sure that one of those is connected to the power source. And if it's disconnected, right. then it's just turned off. There you go. Yeah, we can we can say that. There we go. We can say that. But I'm sure that different designs of androids have uh, different permutations of the innards. I think Dorian potentially has 
more his like memory and potentially some of maybe his power source in his head versus the MXs who maybe have it kind of in the torso somewhere that can be more heavily armored that isn't likely right. to get tons of damage. You know, I'm curious what kind of robot that Rudy was working on. He had the little head that was like that was just the head just, talking. Yeah, it was a wise ass little head. Wise but, ass little head. I mean, how is he alive with just the head? But the other guy, you know, the spine get ripped off. I know. Well, I, I want to talk about about references, and we might as well just like jump it. into it now. There was so much like just Blade Runner, Blade Total Runner, Recall, RoboCop, RoboCop. Um, Breaking Bad yep. all over this episode. And there was a shot where I'm like, literally, I think they took this shot directly from Blade Runner. It's like <laughs> on the street and someone's walking by with the lit up, uh, with the lit up umbrella, with the, with the glow, with the glow stick middle. Oh, that's right. The yeah. Very opening scene. Yeah. When he's exactly. The, the crane the down. The noodle thing. Crane down through the rain. The fact that he goes and he eats noodles. And he mentioned noodles last week. And, you know, I think. This show it it ha it takes a lot from other properties, but it wears its references on its sleeve because it knows that a large part of its audience is very familiar with these kinds of stories and loves those stories, and they want to say, "Hey, man, we're right there with you. We think this is cool too. We like Die Hard. We love Die Hard. Yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. As long as they want to keep throwing like the almost human version of all of these sci-fi epics. Sure, as long as we continue to build the almost human universe and build our characters so that we're not just having movie remakes every week. Although, granted, I would rather just have uh, Hollywood remake a lot of these movies on Almost Human rather than do... <laughs> a two-and-a-half-hour movie of right of RoboCop, like, Blade of, Runner. Right. I don't want to see the new RoboCop necessarily. <laughs> Although, like, the trailer wasn't horrible. We're not going to get into this here. This is not the forum. <laughs> this is not the forum. This is not the forum. Um, but, yeah, tons of references this week. Even McQuaid's, which is, to me, like, stood out as, like, a reference to, like, Douglas Quaid from Total Recall. And the talking head, to me, was, uh, like, his disguise in Total Recall. And the head that stops working and he takes it off and then he throws it. And she's like, goodbye, or like, whatever. And then it explodes. I think, too, with the bishop, very much uh, Inspector Gadget, the Dr. Claw. Like, and yeah. never nobody ever sees him. Not the real Claw. Somebody else. Exactly. I mean, you can see the writers are having fun. And that's what makes these episodes fun to watch. Because they're, they're throwing this stuff in not as a way to, that they're stealing anything, but just because these are things they love. And so they're putting it, and they're just, it makes a better episode at the yeah. end of the day. No, it, it's clear that there's passion in this show, passion behind building a world, which connects to Rudy's great speech about passion. You know, uh, Detective Paul says earlier in the episode, he's like, uh, the truth is your friend. You know, especially when you're lying, you know, tell lies that are as close to the truth as possible because it's easier to remember. And he's he's caught uh, almost in a lie, and he needs to kind of bail himself out and explain to uh, Benito Martinez why he why he's great at what he does and why he loves what he does and he starts talking about science and more specifically androids and talking about the love that he has for it and the passion that he has in his work and that's what makes him such a great technician and such a great cook and it was a great great uh peek inside who he really is because we haven't really gotten anything yet um the reason why he works in a dank hole for cops that don't appreciate him is because he loves this work. He has such a deep passion for building androids and taking care of them. It, it was a great speech. And it actually, by the end of the episode, I feel like I now know Rudy a little bit better than I think almost any other character on the show. I would like, agree. I know Kenix's storyline, 
but I don't really know a lot about who he is, but I know what drives Rudy now. I know what makes what makes him who he is, and that was what made that so great. Um, but I, we can only hope that we get more of that from the other characters. When they first announced the show, I was like, oh, cool, Carl Urban in a cop show. Like, I like Carl Urban, and I want to see more with him. And then I was like, oh, hey, Mackenzie Crook is in this, like, even better. So now it's, like, just building on something that's already cool. And then, like, we get these moments where we're, like, getting into his deep personality and his soul. And mm-hmm. well done. Well, well done. Um, it- also of note, uh, so, like, when – I watch these shows usually with the subtitles on, just with the closed captioning on, just to catch everything. Because we do these shows and, you right. know, no one can be perfect, but fans expect that when we do these shows that we're at least as smart as they are. At least. Um, so there are little things that are in the closed captioning that are not heard in the dialogue. Like, things that I don't know if they were in the script, but then were deleted from the final cut or just were never recorded oh, or something like that. So, um, when if it, there's random things. Like, when uh, Dorian and Kennex are investigating the cabin and, uh, and Dorian calls him a friend uh, when Kennex is like, you need to put protection out on this guy's wife. And he's like, you got it, friend. And and Kennex says um, says oh we're friends oh, now he kind of mutters now. it and then he in the closed captioning it also says um, I wish I was still in my coma and I'm like what? Jesus <laughs> yeah and I'm just like huh is that who wrote that line was that supposed to be in the show and they were like you know what this is too dark take this out but don't tell the closed caption guys or were they watching the scene. With just the closed caption, and be like, you know what? I don't think people can tell exactly what he's feeling. Let me embellish a little bit. That's bizarre. It doesn't even seem sound in place. That yeah, line. It's just so no, strange to me. Yeah. Um, and there were a few other instances, and I, I should have written them down, but I didn't. And everyone was sad. Yeah. Well, <sighs> I mean, with that moment though, before yeah. we get off it, I actually really loved that exchange of like now we're friends because it goes a little bit more back to the building of Kenix's fear like or sort of like uh prejudice prejudice thank you uh against synthetics and androids um and it's great to see i personally wanted to see more of that drama i thought that they've kind of dove into them getting along a little bit too fast so we talked about last week yeah dorian's a little bit uh yeah i heard you guys were talking about but tune in our after buzz season one episode three last week yes feel free um i thought i was out of town but i want to give my two cents that i wanted that to be drawn out more like i want to build towards the moment that we got in say irobot where will smith's character suddenly calls him some one instead of something and that's like a big step but by the second episode we're already kind of they're all kind of buddy buddy but here's here's the thing that I'll say to that and and I do agree with you to a point but last week when they were in this situation in uh in the building in our die hard episode um I didn't really see Kenix giving the level of warmth that Dorian is Dorian is treating Kenix like a friend and I think it's you know if if an android can have a strategy of how to make a friend it's just sort of like I'm going to maintain my level of sunniness and I'm going to continue to keep the door open and try to let you in because eventually you will walk through it. And also because just because you're kind of an ass doesn't mean that I have to be. And instead, 
I'm just going to have all the quips and have lots of fun and just continue to take you down a peg because you make it that easy. And I'm going to do it until you eventually just like warm up to me because I've saved your life a bunch of times. Yeah, and that's that's great. It's a great dynamic that they're building. I can only I, I'm seeing it building towards something where there's gonna be a, there's gonna be some point towards the end of the season, a moment where he has to pick between saving Dorian, maybe saving somebody else, right? And he really has to think about this is now a person, not I, a robot. I don't think I don't think Kenix is there yet, not by a long shot. He he's begrudgingly accepting Dorian as his partner as someone that he spends a lot of time with, who he can crack jokes with and even enjoy from time to time, but he refuses to acquiesce on any level to Dorian. You know, I'm eating here. I'm going to do whatever I want. You know, you can screw with me, but I'm not going to change my life for you because you're a thing. He has yet to have that moment where he's accepted Dorian as a person. He accepts him as a good partner and as a good cop but he has yet to accept him as a person. And that, I think, will take time. I feel like that's why they wrote in the the friend line, because it's like, oh, it was too much last week, so they had to pull it back. Like, oh, we're not friends yet. Yeah, you made me eat a slug, dude. Yeah, can can we talk about the slug for a moment? Please. It was basically like, it's CGI worse than MSG. (laughs) <laughs> so it's like yeah. this weird little CGI slug that they just he just ate, and it was the most random little bit to throw in there. Ah, uh, well, it's a delicacy in sushi restaurants in 2048. Yeah, man, omakase, <laughs> robo We can do that. We're gonna step away from it though <laughs> before it just gets sad because that was not a good joke. Okay, um, so I want to talk a little bit about the impact of drugs in the future. You know, we kind of get like a little glimpse into it in this episode you know we know that crime is basically unchecked and uh that we now have these chemical drugs that are so powerful and so potent that we can't stop their flow or their trade um like it's just it's pretty scary i just wanted your thoughts on that it's it's really interesting especially with the the source that this comes from it's it's an algae that they then have to distill it kind of builds on the idea like if you boil down where meth comes from, it comes from just household products that you can just buy in a store that you can't really regulate the products themselves. You have to regulate this new form of drug. And I, what I really love is like the opening line from the intro, evolving technologies can no longer be regulated. And it kind of plays to that. Like in the future, like when people can do almost anything at home, when you can 3D print a gun at home and the bullets, yeah. where do you draw the line? Like, how do you regulate stuff that's changing every day? Yeah, you can't. You can't. And it's why our police force is so beleaguered and they're always one step behind. You know, um, this cop who got killed, he realized that, I don't know if he even realized that his boss was the one in charge of this whole operation. To first, like... For a second, I thought maybe that he did or he had some suspicion because he he didn't register this operation on the books. It wasn't uh, an official undercover investigation. He was just doing it on his off hours. And I know he was getting mocked for that in the department. I don't know if you guys remember. Do you think that's true or do you think that Burris covered it up? I think I think Barros... Uh, I don't, I don't know that he knew that Barros was the bishop because he thought that the first guy, the bald guy, was Maxwell. the bishop. Maxwell was the bishop. But if if, if Barros is – well, he is the kingpin. Yeah. So then once once Cooper dies, mm-hmm. he just says, no, there was no undercover investigation. I don't know yeah, what you're talking about. he covered about. it up? 
Oh, that is interesting. I hadn't even thought that far. If Cooper's getting too close, mm-hmm. Morrow sends him, all right, we're going to send you in here undercover, and then it just goes bad, and all dirty points are cleaned up. Yeah, there you go. That is that is an interesting theory. I remember when he walked on screen, though, I actually wrote down, I don't trust Boros. That's probably a good, yeah, he was a good too, sign. He's just too nice for having a dead cop on his hands. Right? You'd think he'd be more distressed and more like, we got to get these guys. He's my man. I need to cover him up. Take yeah. Care of him. Like, more like Kenix was. Yeah, exactly. You know, you work together for years. Like, I want to find these killers. I want to find them now. Where are your best caps? Ah, oh, that one. Yeah. Get me the gruff one and well, his partner. The, one the funny one. to get his hands dirty. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so <laughs> I'm just really quickly going to mention iTunes. Uh, folks, thanks so much to everybody who's reached out to Thank us on you. YouTube, on iTunes, we on Twitter. You kick so much butt. Um, legitimately, and I don't, I don't know if I mentioned this last week. If I did, I'm going to mention it again because it's legitimately the nicest thing that anyone has ever written about me ever. Um, and it's an iTunes comment. I don't remember who left it. I'm sorry. Uh, but it was the first person who ever, whoever commented on our show. And he said, is it wrong that I get as excited about a new Matt Lieberman podcast as I do about a new great show? And legitimately, I coasted on the warmth of that. Like I was able to heat the home of my soul for a solid week. And this week too, apparently. And this week too, because I probably mentioned it last week, but it's so nice. But it's all about the iTunes. It is about the the iTunes and the the Twitter and the YouTube. Because here's the thing, folks. Your participation with our podcast is what keeps us going. We do this for free. And, uh, you know, AfterBuzz TV puts out 60 shows a week. The joy of entertaining you. 50 and 60 shows a week for free, free content for you, amazing podcasts for every show you could possibly want to see a podcast for, and the thing that keeps us searchable and makes our bosses happy is you commenting on the iTunes, slapping us with a five-star rating, making the show more searchable. It helps us so much, and hearing your YouTube comments, hearing your theories, tweeting them at us makes us so, so happy. Please, please continue to do so. I just want to give a couple of shout-outs to folks who reached out to us on iTunes. Uh, uh, almost by uh, CMPTR Deb. Computer Deb. What up, Computer Deb? <laughs> enjoy, your, enjoy your podcast. I like that the show is set in 2048, but still recognizable. I wouldn't be lost if I found myself there. Keep up the good buzz. You rock. Go you. You rock. Uh, love this Thank podcast you. from Classic R&B Lover. I love what? it. Matt is so awesome. <laughs> classic Matt's r&b lover classic Cute. r&b lover you're making me blush i tuned in when i heard he was doing it was initially iffy on the show but i like it and love the recap you rock go you Thank you fun to listen to by dgnvz uh a listen to the last two last two latest podcasts and absolutely entertain thanks for the laughs and making my head bob and nod while listening to you guys on my commute you rock go you please please folks Reach out to us. Let us know that you're loving Our the podcast. Our heads are bobbing while we're lo- reading your comments. It's true. Absolutely. They, 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 bob, love. they bob up and down, out of love. And I'm going to stop talking about iTunes now because that was like a solid two minutes of plug-in. <laughs> Folks, there's something that I noticed this week about this show. And uh, I want to hear Ryan and Zach's opinions on it. And I want to hear yours as well because uh, it's like it's not a theory per se, but it's just noticing a pattern. And I I kind of feel like this show isn't a cop show at all. It's a comedy. 
it's an hour long comedy about f- about uh, robot cops in the future. Because I have never seen a cop show with repeated fart gags that made me laugh really hard. Mostly because I've never seen a cop show with a fart gag before. But this episode was just packed with jokes. Like, there were deaths and everything and a lot of action, but tons of jokes. I think we talked about it earlier for a minute. Non-stop. Non-stop comedy. And it's like, to me, it kind of, it plays up the absurdity of the inherent in the premise of this show of just like, we're, we've reached a place where uh, all policemen are required to walk around with a robot because it's that dangerous. And that's kind of like inherently a bit of a ridiculous world. And there's a lot of humor week to week, but this week it just felt like we're just swinging for the fences with the funny. And I'm wondering, like, did someone at the network panic that this show was going to be too dark? Was this always the plan? I mean, Fringe, J.H. Wyman's last show, had plenty of humor in it. And I, I love that show to death. And it would always make me laugh. But it never felt like it never felt like the focus with it, with the exception of, like, a few episodes. And I just want your take. I, I think it's something... They've introduced this episode like fairly early, yeah, fairly early on in the show as a sort of proof that it can do this, but it's not going to. I don't think it's going to all the time. Like if you look at the same time, you have like a kid dies on screen from an OD, yeah, halfway through. That's true. <laughs> and last week you don't we see had that hostages on being, being no. shot, and then like uh, it's so it's still got plenty of darkness in there. Yeah, but I think it's great that they can find that balance where I can be laughing hysterically one minute at an oddly placed fart gag and then be like, oh, that's not... And then oh the deep God. reaches of Mackenzie Kirk's soul are pouring out on screen. Exactly. And just what a great performance this week. I, I absolutely loved him. And you're right. I feel like what they're, what they're going for in tone is they're, they're reaching back to kind of like the gritty buddy cop com, like action comedies of the 80s. And like, absolutely. you know, maybe... Uh, a, a toned down lethal weapon set 40 like you know what 60, 60 years 60, yeah. 60 years in the future kind of like i can see that comparison there i think it gives them an op- opportunity to leave their options open where yeah. they can go with different characters and where they can go with the show because you know with with cop dramas you can kind of just keep going every episode and it can be different and there's just a little bit of backstory that will build each week but they don't have to build too much but then they can just have a totally random event or plot which is going to keep audience watching yeah. Because it's not going to be like, oh, well, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, then the show ends. They can kind of go wherever. So it's going to give them a lot of options, I think, with writing. And then it's going to keep people interested. Because, you know, who doesn't love a good fart joke? I, well, I a know. A lot of people. Yeah. Um, who, I actually, who watches this kind of show that doesn't love a good fart joke? I guess. That's I a, good, a good point. <laughs> I guess. Males 18 to 49, you know. I know. But, like, there are good fart jokes and bad fart jokes. The juxtaposition of a fart joke on this show made it funny. On its own, it wasn't the greatest, but like the fact that it was here just made me in a laugh. Very serious situation. So hard. He was undercover. Yeah, he's he's. We saw him bleeding out in the first part of the of the episode. <laughs> Within the first minute, he's shot. He's bleeding, and then you know, just like six to eight hours earlier, he was farting in his office. <laughs> but it's great because you almost like it. It the comedy almost helped you forget about that scene because I had forgotten until it came back until that moment where they came into the lab. It's like, oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. where we've been building to this whole time. Um, but so I like the comedy aspect. I do hope they 
go a little bit more serialized as we move forward. Sure. I was disappointed right. not to see more build towards what we're dealing with the syndicate and the ex-girlfriend, all these questions that we've got. It, it wasn't right. a I factor agree. at all in this episode. Yeah. And I want to see it. It's been very, very episodic. I'd like to see more of that serialized week to week. I imagine that we're going to get more of those answers soon because uh, they can't coast on concept alone for that long. And I imagine within the next three episodes, we're going to start seeing more action on that front. I do agree with you. I want to see more of it. But it kind of touches on this idea of police corruption that we got back in the pilot where uh, Captain Maldonado was talking about how uh, she didn't trust anyone in the department because she felt there were people from in syndicate as uh, I, I can't remember if it was someone on YouTube or one of my Twitter followers. I think it was one of my Twitter followers reminded me. Uh, this this week or last week. It's in syndicate, not the syndicate, which is what we were saying last week. So thank you for that. Um, she was saying that there are people in the department who are definitely part of in syndicate uh, and that corruption is rampant. So we saw more of that corruption this week. I actually saw somewhere too online that they were talking about the episodes are actually being aired out of order. Are so, they really? Like they're not, the way they were filmed is not how they're showing them. So that's part of the reason I think we're getting this weird episodic feel because if the storyline was driven and written to go from a to b and they're going from a to j to c to you know and then back and that could also explain why uh why they felt closer last week than it than it would have been organically is that was a strong episode and rather than air it when it was supposed to they episode aired seven, it seven maybe yeah they aired it yeah. as episode three and uh, it was at langley m neely who told me about in syndicate thank you langley m neely he loves the show we love you um, Thank you for we appreciate it when you guys point out what we are stepping over. Oh yeah, well here's the thing, right? I feel like there's a, there's some sort of like fear of correcting people in in power and like and you know as long as no one's rude about it, we want to be corrected because we want to be doing our jobs. And well. then we want to talk about you on the show. And we want to give you a shout out on the show because exactly. you rock. Go you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. So. Do you have? Do you know if there was an article or something specific about this airing out of ordered fiasco? There was a comment on it um, on one of the blogs for people that review the show. Okay. And then there was an article link I was trying to get to, but then I couldn't get it to load. Okay. Well, uh, we're gonna find that this week and we'll yes. tweet it out. We so will check it out. stay tuned to that. Uh, be sure to pay attention to our Twitter feeds so we mm -hmm. can drop stuff about the show. Um, I watched on Hulu Plus. I didn't get to see scenes from next week did either of you guys next week's going to be interesting they're introducing somebody who is apparently psychic via some kind of futuristic procedure called the cerebellix procedure what okay yes. we're gonna have to talk and, about this uh wait, wait, uh, and more and, oh there is and, valerie finally gets to leave the lab in the office what mika kelly you're in trouble this week oh my god agent stall yep she gets to leave okay we gotta go into predictions about this we got faked and out now, for a hot second. Bring it up. Sweet. Okay. So we got some kind of crazy psychic. We got Agent Stahl or uh, Detective Stahl finally leaving uh, leaving the police station, leaving headquarters. So I, I assume we're going to get some kind of character traits for her next week other than... So. Being attractive and available. Well, she doesn't just leave. Uh, spoilers if you don't want to 
We're know in about predictions. Next week. It's yeah. safe. Um, she, she looks like she gets kidnapped. Oh, Like she gets snap. captured at some point, so we're going to have to go save her. Okay, we're going to have to go save her. I'm hoping that she saves herself and that Kenix gets there just in time because we need kick-ass chicks on this show. I don't want her to be a damsel. Yes. She's a detective. She should be good at her job, and I'm sure that she is. Um, and, you know, J.H. Wyman uh, wrote for Fringe, and Olivia Dunham was just such a great, awesome, kick-ass heroine. So I imagine we're going to get some of that. Uh, I'm very, very curious about this Cerebellix program. Is that Cerebellix what Procedure. It Cerebellix sounds like it, they, they, give, they do whatever kind of surgery or whatever they do, and it heightens. they said it heightens the senses to a point where I guess she can – talk to dead people is what she said Jesus I talks to dead people and she does that classic move where she talks to somebody who just died and they tell her who killed them and but that person was in a courtroom with Maldonado at the time of the murder so what does that mean there's a lot gonna happen that's a lot I'm looking forward to and or hoping that something future develops with Valerie and Arkenix here some sort of love story perhaps I mean, it was it, hinted at. It was hinted at in the second episode. It, and By hinted, you mean shown on Shoved like into bl- your face, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, right here it is. Hey, you want a love story? We got a love but story. I th- I think that it would Female be audience, don't leave. If she saves herself just in time, then I think Kenix is going to develop some kind of respect for her and maybe see like, oh, hey, she's not a, you Well, know, he has respect for her. A little her. bit, but maybe more. Okay, fair. Those feelings have to come from somewhere. I know. But I mean, it's still fresh. He was betrayed by his ex-girlfriend, who we don't even have a name for, almost human. Um, and I would like a name. Because it's it's annoying. I, like, the, the female characters, I feel like, have gotten the short shrift so far. And it's not... It's, we don't even have any female cop robots, do we? No. All the MXs are male. What's up with that, America? It's comment on society. The I other, guess only, so. The MXs were the prostitutes. The only oh, yeah. other ones. The only other ones were, were, were prostitutes, and that's not fair. Nope. Um, I'm hoping that Sexism we get... Sexism amongst androids. Yeah, well, we'll see the world evolve, and hopefully we'll get some of these burning questions answered next week. Uh, Zach Wilson, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ThatZachWilson, T-H-A-T-Z-A-C-H-W-I-L-S-O-N. All right, and Ryan Hooks. We're hey, gonna... you can find me at Twitter, Ryan Hooks ninety two. Also, Instagram, Snapchat, Yahoo. I still can't believe you want people to Snapchat. I you. want a Snapchat on Strangers? Ryan Hooks ninety two. So curious what you get. I really want to know what strangers Snapchat Ryan Hooks. You cannot Snapchat Snapchat me, but you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M A T T L I E B E R M A N. You can also find me here on AfterBuzz TV on the Sons of Anarchy, Sleepy Hollow, Marvel's Agents of Shield, and the new Betas After Show. If you haven't seen Betas, it's a brand new comedy on Amazon. Uh, it is about it is about people launching an app in San Francisco. It's super super funny. Uh, the first three episodes are available for free online to anybody. The rest of it is going to be available to Amazon Prime subscribers only. I think you should definitely check it out. And we're going to have the creators on the show for the first episode this Thursday. Awesome. Thank you all so much for joining thank us. You, thank you. Thank you. We will thank see you. you next. See you on week. the iTunes. Yes. Woo. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 